Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. With Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, ESPN2, and ESPU, ESPNU. Excuse me. Don't forget to click more in the lower right-hand corner, then scroll down to live radio, and that's where you can find us. Courtney, good morning. My dear, how are you? Good morning. I slept more than the people who cover baseball yes. last night. My goodness, <laughs> Freddie, to wake up to that text mm-hmm. and see my Twitter go absolutely crazy with all the Carlos Correa news. I just wonder, have baseball yeah. writers slept since the start of the winter meetings and free agency? Because I don't think so. Oh, God, no, they haven't slept. <laughs> By the way, this news broke at 3.19 a.m. Eastern time. We're not making this up. Carlos Correa was supposed to have a press conference announcing him as a new member of the San Francisco Giants. They were getting ready to have that 13-year, $350 million contract, and everybody's got the uniforms, and the family's going to be there. You take the pictures. You take the video. And then the news broke yesterday that they were going to hold everything up because there was something with a medical issue involving the physical. And then the New York Mets sweep in. They signed him to 12 years, $315 million. At the time, the longest free agent deal in baseball history, Bryce Harper, all of a sudden that falls apart. He goes to the New York Mets, 3.19 a.m. Eastern time. This news broke. I don't know what kind of money Steve Cohen has, but this is the kind of money he has. Courtney, he's committed over $800 million to free agents this offseason, and I saw a note this morning, that's not even 2.5% of his net worth. No, and I mean, you got to look at what's happened the last two years, Freddie. There's five players now, including Carlos Correa, who have contracts that are north of $100 million. Five players alone have all of those resources tied up in them. Everybody from Francisco Lindor, who's a good friend of Carlos Correa. So that's probably a reason why he wanted to go there and reunite with him as well when this deal with the Giants was falling through. Max Scherzer, Edwin Diaz, you know, that one came through a couple weeks ago, a nine-figure deal. Uh, And Brandon Ninmo, like, these are long contracts. I mean, Lindor is 10 years. Mm Mm-hmm. And Correa's 12. Those are the longest of the five that I had mentioned. Mm -hmm. But I just am boggled, like mind-blowing, like mind-boggled at the numbers (laughs) that we're seeing here. And I cover the NFL, so I'm used to a salary cap. I'm used to not seeing contracts in this extent of years and this extent of dollar signs. And goodness, I mean, Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, going all in here trying to you know, level the playing field a bit and seeing where he can make his hay in picking up free agents that apparently they think is are going to be okay from a medical perspective. Because remember, this deal isn't going to be finalized with the Mets uh-huh. until Carlos Correa passes a physical with them, which that's always the funny thing here. If one team says we're medically concerned about this, why wouldn't another team say the exact same thing? Doctors have differing opinions. I understand that. But this is going to be an interesting one, assuming it goes through. It must be nice that if you don't pass a physical or something is wrong with a physical, if that happens to Courtney Cronin and Freddie Cohen, part of the ESPN Disney family, we are not going to get $315 million in a balloon payment if we have a chance to go somewhere else. This is where we are when you are so desperate to win a championship. And the New York Mets, and I'm a New York Mets fan, They have not won since 1986, and Steve Cohen has let everybody know. He let everybody know, Courtney, the minute he bought this franchise, that no one was going to outspend him when it comes to putting a winning product on the field. So the next time any major league owner says, you know what, 
we don't have the money, we're having trouble meeting payroll, just look at your feet and walk away because it's a complete flat-out lie. Not saying everybody's going to be Steve Cohen or the Dodgers or the Red Sox or the Yankees, but I don't want to hear anybody crying poverty in Major League Baseball because, Courtney, let's think about it. With Major League Baseball, and I'm a baseball fan, this is the only way they're going to get any kind of attention that's going to make people turn around and say, wait, what? When you have this kind of money being thrown out there, and Major League Baseball owners were talking about not even two years ago that they're having problems with payroll or yeah. trying to meet payroll. You know what? Stop lying to the public. You have more money in those vaults than you even want to let people know about. Let's not try to blind people to the fact that you are a multi-billion dollar emprise when it comes to Major League Baseball. Yeah, and I saw this uh, stat this morning from Baseball Perspectives. Uh, for their competitive balance tax, the, the New York Mets, as of right now, that's around $380 million. Mm-hmm. So the tax is likely going to hit above $90 million. So with all that said, Steve Cohen, if you're taking a look at what they just spent here from yep. 2023, which also includes Justin Verlander. I remember mm-hmm. watching SportsCenter yesterday, seeing that he was doing his introductory press conference. I'm right. sure that you know the writers who were in attendance weren't expecting they'd probably be going back later in this week for another one <laughs> uh, with Carlos Correa. <laughs> but they've spent nearly half a billion dollars on this year's upcoming team, the 2023 Mets alone. And that's... You know, that's just an incredible figure when you think about the longevity of these contracts. Like when you're giving somebody a 12-year contract, the Giants were expecting Carlos Correa to finish his career in San Francisco, mm-hmm. have a chance to become one of their most storied players. He's 28 years old. He'll see the end of that contract. Yep. Justin Verlander will see the end of his contract too because remember he tied his his average annual value on this contract now ties his fellow teammate Max Scherzer who set that mark last December with an average annual value of $43.3 million. And this is somebody who just won a World Series, so you can understand why they're spending that much on him. But my goodness, the, the deal that Carlos Correa signed and what we – are is expected to sign here uh, with the New York Mets thinking about what he would have done with the New York, with the San Francisco giants. It's just, it's just remarkable how baseball keeps up in the ante with these salary figures and that it does hurt. Like you were saying, Freddie, I mean, the big name teams, teams in these major markets, whether it's the Red Sox, whether it's the Dodgers, whether now it's a team like the New York Mets, how are teams like the Tampa Bay Rays and other small market franchises expected to compete and survive? They don't worry about that. By the Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman on Keyshawn, Jimmy Lamax, and ESPN Radio and ESPN2, those small market teams, you don't hear them crying, woe is us in terms of having a salary cap Major League Baseball because they make so much money off of those teams when those teams come to their building. Well, outside of Tampa Bay. They only make money when the Yankees and the Red Sox show up because all the New York fans and Boston fans live down in Florida and they go support their teams. It's amazing that you can have this have and have not that goes on in Major League Baseball, and yet the have-nots aren't the first people raising their hands complaining because of the money they're making off the big market teams. Can you imagine if there was no salary cap in the National Football League? What that would look like? Well, we'd see Jerry Jones every single year spending, yeah. like Steve Cohen, yeah, but, spending $500 million right, right, but he on a roster for a single season. Yeah, but he wouldn't be the only one no. because so many other owners are so desperate to win in the National Football League. Man, it'd be like the best stimulus package in the history of mankind if there was no salary cap in the National Football League. But everybody is on an equal playing field when it comes to making money in the NFL. In Major League Baseball, the teams that are spending a lot of money – 
they're the ones probably losing more money than the small market teams because the small market teams aren't kicking out that kind of money for the players on their franchise. Meanwhile, you got the New York Mets, where, to your point, Courtney, over $800 million that they spent offseason, they're never going to make that money back. But Steve Cohen is hoping that if you win a championship, that's going to pay for itself. Meanwhile, the small market teams, they're probably having more cash flow being brought in because they're not kicking that kind of cash flow out to pay for players in Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, et cetera. Yeah, and the one thing I just want to go back to here, because I'm looking at some of the other contracts that went through, obviously, you know, Mike Trout set the market with that $426.5 million deal, Mookie Betts uh, with three sixty five. It wasn't that long ago that Aaron Judge signed the big deal yeah. uh, to stay with the New York Yankees for $360 million, and, you know, widely thought by most in Major League Baseball, Carlos Correa is the top free agent this year going in, going into this offseason following the 2022 season. A 13-year, $350 million contract with San Francisco pending that physical. Mm-hmm. Like I just remember thinking, what's next here? Who's going to who's going to be the next big name to set to reset a market value, to reset market value with the position and certainly uh, what we're seeing the movement-wise in baseball. Here's what I don't understand though, Freddie. Uh-huh. We don't know what this injury or whatever the thing was that was yeah. the holdup with mm-hmm. the with the physical. Right. So the San Francisco Giants say it's a no go. There's something here that we can't guarantee. We can't guarantee it's going to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just they don't want to guarantee 350 million dollars when there might be an issue. Right. Do the New York Mets have that sort of? How do they have the medical intel to go, say no? We're okay with whatever this thing is. Mm-hmm. We're going to sign you. We're going to go ahead and like swoop in here at the eleventh hour and take you away from the Giants, and you're going to become a New York Met. Like, I don't understand how any of that works, like how one set of doctors, one medical staff says, this is not going to work, and another says, that's okay, we can take a risk here. Like, before even doing the contract, before even doing the physical, they say, okay, we're gonna, we're okay with this. That's what I don't understand. Well, Alex Pavlovich, who does a great job covering the Giants with NBC Sports Bay Area, he just put out on Twitter that it's unclear what the Giants objected to in the physical but they had concerns about Carlos Correa's back early in free agency, and some of the organizations were still concerned about that in recent days. He also said, regardless, it's a pretty disastrous result. There's no way to replace Correa this late in free agency. And to back up a little bit real quick, Courtney, when you said who's going to be next, right now Shohei Otani is going, yippee! Oh, he, <laughs> because he is so I'm excited for next absolutely. season. Absolutely. He said, $50 million per year? Yippee! That's going to be for me. Be a part of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Nation. You can do that on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season or Major League Baseball players making a hell of a lot of money this offseason without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. It is the one fans deserve. So what does Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts have in common with a classic 90s movie when it comes to him playing the Cowboys this weekend? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. How severe is the potential sprain or the injury? What is the impact when it comes to the decision-making of using him as a runner, and then the, the greatest growth of their offense this year is his deep ball. It's more about making sure that he's at full strength and full functionality when the playoffs run along. I feel better about Philly's team than I felt about <laughs> Dallas's team when Cooper Rush took over. So yeah. I, I, I just, big deal, but I think they'll get two out of the three. We're Courtney Cronin. I'm Freddie Coleman, part of Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPNU and ESPN2 presented by Progressive Insurance. Maybe the question should be, when it comes to Jalen Hurts, should he play? We'll discuss that in a couple of seconds. I think I got a better question when it comes to that. But as far as he playing this week, Jalen Hurts had this to say about there's definitely a chance that he could be out there. It's a it's a, it's a week where we're keeping everything business as usual. Um, I know we're playing a really good team, a really good opponent, and – doing everything we can on a short week uh, to be at at full uh, full health. So from your perspective, do you think you have a chance to play on Saturday? Definitely a chance. Um, taking it day by day, though. You know, I, everybody knows that I'm dealing with something. I think that's pretty public. It's out there. Um, I'm not one to really talk about myself. You know, obviously being the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, you, you can't run from that, you know, but um, I'm taking – everything one day at a time with it and um, preparing versus a really good defense. So, Courtney, as they said in the movie Dumb and Dumber, you're saying there's a chance, Jalen, right? So you're telling me there's a chance. That's all we want to know. Apparently so. And I think what Nick Sirianni said that just always boggles my mind is how his body does not heal like Nick Sirianni's or the media member who had asked him the question about Mm -hmm. does he have a true chance to play this weekend? How do these guys heal faster than everybody else? Is it just treatment? Is it just spending hours and hours in the you know, physical therapy room inside their team's facilities. I'm not so sure because maybe their bodies are just better than everybody else's because we had heard this same thing with Jamar Chase, remember? Mm -hmm. That's the reason that they didn't put him on IR with his hip injury because he apparently heals faster than everyone else. So if Jalen Hurts can play on Saturday, I don't think it's the fact that he's healing faster Mm -hmm. than any other human being. I think it's that the shoulder injury, which is a sprain for right now, is that's all we know it is. Right. I don't think it's as serious as maybe they led on initially when the news came out from ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter that this could be something that keeps him out for a game or two. And and you gotta go back to what happened in that game against the Chicago Bears, Freddie, when he injures that shoulder mm-hmm. in the third quarter 
he still goes 7 of 11 for right. 110 yards. Like, yep. he's still throwing the ball pretty darn well for somebody who has a shoulder sprain. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 11 yards per attempt. So maybe it's that he wasn't actually all that injured. I mean, it is something to be concerned about because when you fall on that grass in a frozen, you know, frozen tundra that it was Soldier Field last Sunday, that's not going to feel good. It's going to feel like falling on concrete. But I think that... The bottom line is they escaped with something that wasn't nearly as serious as maybe we initially thought. And even when Nick Sirianni was on radio yesterday morning talking about the prognosis, he said he didn't deem it as something that was going to be Mm -hmm. a long-term concern. So I guess the best of all news for the Philadelphia Eagles in this scenario. And if Jalen Hurts is talking like this on a Tuesday when he made those comments – this sounds like it's just going to be a pain management thing and that they are going to try to get him out there on Saturday against the Cowboys. Chris in Michigan, thanks for calling Keyshawn, Jalen and Max and ESPN Radio with Freddie Coleman and Courtney Cronin at 888-729-3776. Chris, what you got, my friend? Go ahead, Chris. He wants to be Superman. I know that's great, uh-huh. but let, let, let him rest his shoulder, man. Let him get great right for the playoffs. Well, what, what makes you think you know? that? Well, I, I hear what you're saying, but if it's just a, a slight sprain and he can go with it and he wants to be out there, then the Eagles and Jalen Hurts have made that decision that if he's going to be out there, Chris, he's going to be out there. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's for them to make the decision. We don't know the, the true uh how bad his shoulder really is, mm-hmm. you know, so I guess. But, man, let him get right for the playoffs because they need to go deep because they got a team for <laughs> Chris, sure. Chris, you sound like an Eagles fan in Michigan. Am I right on this one? Well, I have Jalen on my fantasy team here. Uh, and that's uh, hard for to say. Fantasy playoff time. I'm still saying to say. Boo this man. No, no, How don't boo Chris. No, don't, bring, boo. Don't, boo, don't boo Chris. This is American country. You have a right to say what you want, feel how you want. Hey, I'm not saying to him. Even though I have him on fantasy. You know? One, one, one last thing here. Yeah. You know, that Patriots game, that reminded me of Patricia and the Lions. I had to do a double take. Man. <laughs> I just... <laughs> <laughs> was that Patricia back with the Lions? What, what was that? Yeah, well, You're right. Number one, Chris of Michigan, call it a day so far. Good luck trying to top that, number one. Uh, number two, to me, Courtney, maybe the question shouldn't be, like, would you play him? The question to me should be, what does Jalen Hurts think based on how he feels? To me, that should be the question. And then you can have all the doctors and all the coaches you want making an informed decision. But if he believes he can go out there – and handle the pain, if you're the Eagles, as long as you put more in harm's way, I don't have a problem with thinking that he's going to play because it seems to me he's definitely going to play Saturday. Yeah, I mean, the tone of his voice in that interaction that we had just played leads, leaves me to believe that this is a pain management thing. And I just went through this. I went through like about a 13-day stretch with Justin Fields here in right. Chicago where – were all playing amateur doctor, and it was his non-throwing shoulder. So it was on the other side of his body. Like, how does it affect your throwing motion when you're handing the ball off? Like, how does it feel? Does it pull when you do you have to flip your body the other way? Can sure. you hand off with your left hand? Like, all these things come into play. And what it boils down to, Freddie, is if it can get worse, they will not play him. Absolutely. But if this is a pain management thing, mm-hmm. it doesn't even become a question because this is a, a division game, first and foremost. They have a chance to lock up the NFC's number one seed this weekend, and they can do that. All they need to do over their final three games is win one of them. Mm-hmm. You don't think they want to go into Dallas after Absolutely. Micah Parsons was running his mouth the last week or so ahead of this game, which before they it was a week before they even played the Philadelphia Eagles where he was spouting off about Jalen Hurts and that you know it doesn't really 
really matter who's playing quarterback in this offense. Um, you know, that was before they were playing Jacksonville, so maybe his mind was on something else. But mm-hmm. you don't think that Philly wants to go down there and go 2-0 and against its division rival this year? Like, that absolutely – I'm not saying at all that Micah Parsons' comments played are playing into has, whether he plays yeah, or whether he doesn't. has nothing to do with it. I think it. it's the magnitude of this game itself and locking yep. up the NFC's number one seed. And also, if it's a pain management thing – you know, go ahead and have him play in this game. And if you want to rest in the final two, by all means, because you and I talked about this yesterday, there's the rust factor that you'd have to worry about with Jalen Hurts too. If you were to think, all right, let's be more precautionary about this. Let's, let's have him sit this week and maybe play again. Eventually you got to have him play at some point between now and the divisional playoffs. People talking about rest and recovery, that R&R, they're more worried about this other R&R, rust and also rhythm. That's the last thing you need to have to think about with Jalen Hurts whether he plays or not this Saturday versus the Dallas Cowboys. With Courtney Cronin in, well, along with me, Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn J. and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as ESPN2 and ESPNU. And is there a more powerful person in sports than Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? That's next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. It's an Aaron Rodgers party. We're all just living in it. With Courtney Cronin and Freddie coming in for the guys and Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, also as ESPN2 and ESPNU. And I'll throw this out there before we hear what Aaron Rodgers had to say about his future and having a wide receiver and coming back next year, Courtney. I don't think there's a more powerful person in sports regarding their team when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. When you have that kind of power, church and state that he does, and everybody will move heaven and earth and tree huggers and everything like that and kumbaya and forces and offseason to make sure that you're going to be happy. Nobody, and I mean nobody, has that kind of stroke in sports 
the way Aaron Rodgers has that stroke in Green Bay with the Packers. No, and I feel like the way that he's handled things the last couple of years, remember, he held that team in hostage uh, during the 2021 offseason. We weren't sure if he was going to go play for the Green Bay Packers. We weren't sure if he was going to go host Jeopardy, Freddie. And <laughs> I feel like since that time, they have been so cautious about how they handle Aaron Rodgers and not doing anything that he doesn't have a say in already, which is why, yes, this team has like a 13% chance to make the postseason. They're not saying, hey, Aaron, it's probably time that we get a good look at Jordan Love. Let's shut you down for the rest of the year because they don't want a repeat of what happened during the 2021 offseason because he's under contract for a few more years. Mm -hmm. They're hamstrung to him. He makes $59 million guaranteed next year. He's their quarterback. So everything that he wants, anything that he wants, Freddie, it's going to go his way because the financials are tied up in Aaron Rodgers and so is Um, I guess a decision for them to learn from their mistakes and say, we don't want to deal with this craziness again and being left in limbo by our quarterback. And if if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're going to hold that power. You're going to keep it there because you know exactly how that's going to work in your favor one way or the other. And when he was on the Pat McAfee show, as he normally is on Tuesdays, he talked about his futures. And if a certain position, if a certain player in that position will lead him to come back and stay with Green Bay in 2023. I think it's fake news that I'm like, you know, going to, you know, I'm, I'm like judging the progress as to, you know, whether or not I want to come back. Listen, um, I, I've really enjoyed being a part of, uh, you know, their rookie season and being able to hopefully have an impact on them. And you know, obviously you look into the team and, and who's going to be there, but, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, as long as I've been there, we've been able to, to do things with a number of different players and make things work and uh there's excitement around anytime young players start to step into their own and find their confidence but for me it's just gonna be my own personal decision on where i'm at mentally and physically normally i don't like to tell people grown people what to do but hey aaron Rodgers, fake news been out 2016 just trying to help out a friend here as far as that goes i know you're trying to be with it but that whole fake news thing that whole turn went out 2016 so you can leave that right there number one number two aaron Rodgers also knows this he knows that winning is the ultimate ultimate sanitizer they're feeling better about themselves, Courtney. They won back-to-back games. They believe they still have a chance that if things break right, they win out, that they can get into playoffs, and then anything can happen once you get into the tournament. He's feeling a lot better because, to me, this is just me spitballing. Mm-hmm. He's seen progress enough to say, okay, this is a lost season. We did not meet the expectations that we wanted, but that doesn't mean that next year everything's going to be right. Got the running game, keep people healthy, got the wide receivers. All of a sudden, I can get back to being the guy that was a back-to-back MVP before 2022 went sideways for him and the Green Bay Packers. I don't really understand, though, what he's talking about when he says things are looking up. Sure, they just won two games in a row, but they did it against the Bears, who have three wins, Mm -hmm. and and they did it at home against the Rams, a team that had four wins. So it's not like they're knocking off great competition in their stretch here coming up this weekend. They go down to Miami on a short week, and that's a must-win scenario. For them to keep their playoff hopes alive, Like, and I don't really know how much Aaron Rodgers believes that they can actually back their way into the NFC playoff picture, into the seventh seed, but they're at least giving off the pretense that there is a chance and they are buying into that chance, but I'm not so sure that he's not already thinking about 2023 and Mm -hmm. what this roster is going to look like. And, you know, to the point of what he was saying on the Pat McAfee show about the progress of his young receivers, giving him some sort of, you know, extra vibe boost that, oh man, things are really looking up here in Green Bay. I'm excited about next year. That's going to factor into my decision. 
in theory, it should because Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are going to be on this roster next year. Are we so sure that Randall Cobb at his age 33 season is going to still be a productive receiver where you want to bring him back? I mean, they just released Sammy Watkins the other day. And last I checked, Freddie, the 2023 free agent class for receivers, not very good. And the draft class this coming year, there's no game-changing receiver that you know really stands out outside of maybe like one or two names that might go in the first couple rounds like this is not the same receiver group that we've seen the last five drafts like it's going to be a little bit more slim pickings across Mm -hmm. the board so I don't really know as far as the receiver production around him how much that's going to factor into Aaron Rodgers decision even though it probably should have some impact I think it's that 59 million dollar fully guaranteed Mm -hmm. part of his contract in 2023 that's going to have Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay for at least one more year Somewhere Jordan Love is going, Rodgers, 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 you just won't leave. Jordan, you're going to have to play somewhere else. That is not going to happen for your NFL career when it comes to Green Bay. And so they're in a slump this year, but they believe they can make the jump next year. At least Aaron Rodgers believe that. That brings to this year, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Freddie Coleman, that's me, Courtney Cronin, that's her on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and ESPN2. We bring in Shannon Penn. He's going to throw teams at us. Teams that were slumping in 2022, mm-hmm. could they make that jump in 2023? So once again, here's your host, Shannon Penn. All right. Wow. Thank you for the intro there. For You're welcome. I'm here for I really appreciate hey, that. Hey, Aaron Rodgers got that kind of intro on Jeopardy. You'd be a better host doing this than he was on Jeopardy. So I'm just giving you love. And I didn't have to wait as long as Jordan Love did. All right, Courtney, I'm going to start with you. Looking at teams and what slump or jump, whether or not they'll bounce back next season. Courtney, the Los Angeles Rams, slump or jump next season? I say that they will jump back, and we heard it in the Sports Center update that Matthew Stafford and his spinal contusion, that that's not going to be an injury that's going to force him into retirement. Now you've got to ask yourself the question, do you think that Matthew Stafford is still a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl? And assuming that there's no more elbow injury. That was the one I was honestly most concerned about because early on it was affecting the way, Freddie, that he was throwing the ball. So that's what I was more concerned about is as far as what they need to do in in free agency, they got a lot of needs, but those needs are mostly on the defensive side of the ball. Like you can fix the offensive line. They've been dealing with, you know, the loss of Andrew Whitworth Whitworth to retirement this year. That was a big problem for this group. So get an offensive tackle, then on the other side get a couple safeties, maybe one or two, and, and go get some edge rushers. Well, they don't have any money, so good luck with that. I still think they're going to – They don't gonna, have any draft picks either. Yeah, they don't have any first-round picks, any draft picks at all. They're going to stay in slump mode in 2023. They're hoping Cooper Cup is going to come back, but they still need somebody else to go with him, and they have to hope that Matthew Stafford is right. they got to get that offensive line right, and they don't have any cap space or anything to do about that. Uh, it's going to be another tough season, in my opinion, next year for the Rams with all that lack of capital that they're going to have that's at their disposal right – or not at their disposal right now. All right, Courtney, let's stay in the NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals, slump or jump next season? Uh, Major slump because Kyler Murray isn't going to be playing for quite some time. And, you know, that's probably going to lead them to – it's going to lead players on that team to want to go elsewhere. You're so sure DeAndre Hopkins is going to want to be there. And on top of that, you know, there's the uncertainty about Rodney Hudson's future. He's their stalwart at center. The offensive line's had some movement and going to have more. So, no, they will be in a slump again in 2023. Yeah, what she said. Let's move on, Shannon. <laughs> oh, wow, that was fast. I mean, they're losing their quarterback for a yeah. whole year. What more can you say? I, I, I can't add any more to that. That's already been said, so let's move on. 
All right, Courtney, slump or jump next season, the Denver Broncos. What say you? Russell Wilson's still going to be playing quarterback for them. They are hamstrung by that contract. And for a team that also doesn't have a whole ton of resources that they can Mm -hmm. uh, use in free agency to try to upgrade around Russell Wilson, I think we're going to see him get exposed even more than he was this year because Nathaniel Hackett may not be there after this season. I think they could be in a jump if Nathaniel Hackett's not there in 2023. They need a new head coach because defensively they're good. They're really good in Denver. And they got quality wide receivers as far as that goes. They just need to fix that offense and fix that quarterback. And if Nathaniel Hackett is not the head coach next year and they find somebody that can do that, they could be in jump mode. That's the caveat I'm going to throw with that to Denver Broncos. And Nathaniel Hackett is there. I don't think he's learned any kind of lessons that he should have learned this year. And sometimes if a mistake's in the building, you can't allow that mistake to stay in the building. So if he's there next year, they'll be slumping. If he's not there next year, they get the right kind of coach. They can make that jump. I mean, in terms of the scapegoat part, though, when Nathaniel Hackett, if he's not there next year, you only see Russell Wilson get even more exposed than he was this season. The problem that's is still going to be there, and it's the quarterback. Yeah, I think he'll be fine once he gets better coaching, but we shall see when it comes to Russell Wilson next year in 2023. Doing a little slump or jump with teams that are slumping in 2022. Can they make that jump in 2023 here in Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, Courtney Cronin, that's her, Freddie Coleman, that's me on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Once again, here's Shannon Penn. All right, Courtney, the uh, Indianapolis Colts, slump or jump next season? What got, what say you? Well, they're going to have to find a new quarterback as well. And this is a team that's going to probably be on the search for a new head coach. No disrespect to our former colleague, Jeff Saturday. They're going to be hitting the restart button in a lot of different ways next season. But I, th- I will say that it's probably going to be a jump for them because how much worse can it get than 4-9-1 and one when the AFC South, it's only trending upwards for teams like Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. You don't have a whole ton of other competition in that division. Eventually, Tennessee is going to level off. The Houston Texans are what they are. There's a window here for the Colts to try to get into second place in the AFC South, and it's going to start with making some really big personnel adjustments in terms of who's throwing the ball and also who's calling the plays. They're still going to be in slump mode because, to your point, Courtney, about starting over and who's that quarterback going to be because it can't be Matt Ryan. He looks like a washed quarterback right now. you got to move on to somebody else, and once again, That becomes an issue for this organization that has not been the same since Andrew Luck had that retirement. They've been looking for that guy to be the after guy after Andrew Luck. They have not been able to find him. They tried the pitch and patch with Carson Wentz and then also with Phillip Rivers, now Matt Ryan. Whoever they got to find has got to be a quarterback that's going to be there for the next five to ten years. And right now, that guy may not be in the draft for them or may not be in free agency. I think they slump once again in 2023. All right, here's an interesting team here looking at next season, slump or jump. Courtney, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, slump or jump next season. You know, I didn't think things could get worse for this team after this year, and we don't know if Tom Brady's going to be back in 2023. The offensive line's been a disaster. They still might be a playoff team in spite of all of that, but I think if Brady does not come back in 2023, the Bucs decide that they're going to blow this whole thing up and start over. So... Along those lines, I'm going with slump for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've basically like quiet quitted. If the like quiet quitting was their thing this year okay. because of what's happened with this offensive line, like nothing went according to plan. Brady's struggling, so they're going to go like all in and lean in on that, assuming everything I just said pans out, and they will be slumping in 2023 because they're restarting. Yeah, I'm going to say they make a jump, and here's why: because Tom Brady does not want his last NFL experience to look like this in 2022. And I don't think they're going to be as beat up from the feet up on the offensive line like they were in 2022. 
I think they'll make those necessary adjustments, those necessary corrections. He's going to come back and feel really refreshed. Maybe he'll go tree-hugging Aaron Rodgers in the offseason to try to make that work. But I think they'll make that jump up. That defense is still pretty good. They'll still have enough of a running game. They still got wide receivers. I think Tom Brady will have a renaissance next year, and that'll be a way to, for him to go out, unlike in 2022. But we shall see. All right, well, since you brought up Tom Brady, right, yeah. it's only natural, Courtney, that we go – New England Patriots, 2023, slump or jump next oh, season. Oh, look at you. They will make a jump next season because Matt Patricia will not be calling plays in the quarterback's headset. And I think that that quarterback will still be Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. He's going to revert. He's got to go back to 2021 Mac Jones where he had some really good moments during his rookie season. And you've got to give him his fair shot to do that. And that starts with actually – trying to develop him in year three because it's going to be his last shot to do that. Now, they need receivers, but that defense – has been surprisingly like what's held this team together throughout this entire season of up and downs. So I say Bill Belichick, who I can never count out, will get it together here in 2023, and that team will take a jump. Bill Belichick, when this season is over, find the area code in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, (laughs) and call Bill O'Brien because Alabama fans are tired of him for whatever reason. That's the guy you need to make sure Mac Jones can be the quarterback that you believe he's supposed to be. Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. We're speaking of quarterbacks and guys who are looking to make a jump up in 2023 compared to 2022. That brings it to Green Bay Packers. Gabe Neitzel does a great job. Co-host of Jen, Gabe, and Chewy on 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee. Hit him on Twitter at gneitzel16. He joins us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And Gabe... And Rodgers is saying, we are about to exercise the demons. We believe we can make the playoffs at 6-8. and eight. What do you say about their confidence level if they can do that the rest of the regular season? You know, Freddie, I'm not even sure if Aaron Rodgers believes that or if he's just trying to put it out there. It seems I mean, Aaron Rodgers has had these moments in 2014 when the Packers got off to a slow start. He told everyone to R-E-L-A-X, and, you know, that one gets played a thousand times. And then when the Packers were 4-6 in 2016, he said, oh, I think we can run the table. And they ran it all the way to an NFC Championship game appearance. He's been given every opportunity to try to come up with something for this year's team. And it, it kind of seemed like after his uh, after the game on Monday, during his press conference, that it was kind of a, yeah, I mean, we feel pretty good for winning two games, but we'll kind of wait and see what happens after we play the Dolphins. Now, I, I think if they go down to Miami on Christmas and yeah. they find a way to beat the Dolphins, that is going to inject some real confidence into this team, and they're going to feel pretty good about hosting the, the Vikings and Lions and having an opportunity to finish the season at 9-8 and eight, maybe make the playoffs. But I, I don't feel like... Aaron Rodgers actually has that confidence right now. It's just kind of more of a, yeah, we'll wait and see approach. Yeah, that, I'm with you, Gabe. I feel like he's a realist in all of this, knowing how difficult it would be to back his way into the playoffs, knowing the talent that's around him. And I know when he was on the Pat McAfee show, he kind of scoffed at the notion that's out there that the development of his young receivers, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, is giving him some sort of belief that, hey, next year things might be a whole lot better. What do you make of that, and what do you make of the development since the halfway point of the season? It feels like at least Christian Watson has come on. Yeah, with Romeo Dobbs, he he had an injury, was on IR for a little bit, finally, you know, got to play this last Monday, and he was their fourth round pick, and Watson being their second round pick. So this is the first time the Packers have really had to thrust rookies into a position where they have to sink or swim. When you think of the, the long line of successful wide receivers that they had, starting with the end of Brett Favre's career into Aaron Rodgers, they always had somebody 
who was that number one wide receiver, that guy who was clearly a Pro Bowl type of talent, and then they filled in kind of behind him. And that went away when they decided to trade away Devontae Adams. So these guys have just, you know, they, they've needed to sink or swim, and there have been some issues. You know, we all saw it on Monday when he wanted to throw the, the quick screen out to Christian Watson, and he missed the signal. But he's talked about the development of these guys, and there's different things that he likes about each of them with Romeo Dobbs, the way he catches the ball, the, the explosiveness of Christian Watson. And it's been a question all year. Well, if these guys continue to develop, will, will you come back? Is that going to play a factor into the city? Will that factor into your decision? And I think where most of us here in, in Wisconsin have come down is he's probably going to want to come back because I don't think you're going to want to go through some of the lumps they've gone through this year mm-hmm. and not reap some of the benefits that could potentially be there in 2023 as these guys continue to develop. So I, I think that those guys, especially those two, will play a factor as they continue to try to get better over the final three games. Terrific stuff by Gabe Neitzel from 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee with Freddie Coleman and Courtney Cronin and Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio at Miami, home versus Minnesota, home versus Detroit. What does Gabe think their record will be after those three games? Whew, uh, I, I just I have a hard time picturing this defense slowing down Miami in Miami on Christmas. They have so much speed with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and, and this Packers defense. Yes, they played well against essentially the Rams backups this past Monday. Right. Um, but the, the streak they had going before that had given up 400-plus yard games, gave up 500 yards to a really talented offense in, in the Philadelphia Eagles just a couple of weeks ago. I think that's a loss. Um, I, I think they'll have a chance to beat Minnesota. And then it's kind of just, you know, it's interesting because now where do you go from there? Do they actually put Jordan Love in? Aaron Rodgers has said that he'd be open to a conversation once they're mathematically eliminated to potentially not playing. Uh, Brian Gutekunst is on record saying, well, I think, you know, even if we're out of it, I think we're going to play our starters. But with Jordan Love, they've got to make that decision of are they going to pick up the fifth-year option? Have they, Gutekunst has said they've seen enough. I don't know if that's something that he's just kind of putting out there. Oh, we don't have to do this. Um, but they still maybe like to see Jordan Love play a, a, a couple more snaps, especially with the, the young receiving core that they have. It's, it's so if Aaron Rodgers plays, I think the record probably is 2-1. and one. If it's Jordan Love, probably 1-2. and two. Gabe, we'll get you out of here on this 30 seconds or less. What's the temperature like on Matt LaFleur at the end of the season? I mean, he, he started with 13 13- wins three consecutive seasons. I, I don't think there's any sort of hot seat for him. This was always going to be a transition year. Now he's going to have to make some decisions. Is he going to get rid of his defensive coordinator because the defense has underperformed? And those decisions then will dictate if he's on the hot seat going forward. Gabe, always a pleasure, my brother. Keep up the great work. Have a great holiday as well and enjoy the weekend. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.